0: Hello, audiobook fans. Welcome to another episode of Harper Audio Presents. We've got a real humdinger in store for you today. On this episode, we're going to be celebrating own voices. You might be super aware of what own voices is, or maybe you've heard the term used before, or maybe you don't know what I'm talking about at all, and you're too afraid to ask. Well, that's okay. Don't worry about it. There are no dumb questions here. Own Voices is part of a push to encourage diversity in storytelling. So when a book is referred to as being in the Own Voices camp, that means it's being told from some type of firsthand experience. And both of the titles that we're featuring today absolutely fall into the world of Own Voices. Coming up, we'll hear from Bonnie Turpin, the narrator of Angie Thomas' latest novel, On the Come Up. Bonnie also narrated Thomas's debut novel, The Hate You Give, which won the 2018 Odyssey Award for Best Children's Audiobook and was produced as a major motion picture of the same name last year. Maybe you heard of it. Bonnie is going to play a new game that we're very excited about called the self-awareness game. It's a real hoot, so stick around for that. We might even play a clip from On the Come Up. Who knows? Well, I know. I'm just being coy. But before we get to Bonnie, we're going to start this episode off looking at a fantastic new middle grade graphic novel, New Kid by Jerry Craft. You might be asking yourself how a graphic novel would work as an audiobook. The answer is it works so well. New Kid as an audiobook has a full cast, sound effects, excellent performances. It becomes this living, breathing work of art that's totally separate from the print version. But you should still get the print version too. By the way, New Kid is the story of 7th grader and Washington Heights resident Jordan Banks. He loves art. He loves sketching in his sketchbook. He's also one of the only kids of color at the new private school that he attends. It's timely, important, funny. I could keep gushing about it, but instead, why don't we dive into a short clip from the audiobook.
1: Your guide is here. Come, give Mommy a hug. Uh, uh. Have a great first day of school.
0: Come on, Jay.
2: I'll walk you downstairs. Bye,
3: baby! What's a guide do again, Dad?
2: They show all the new kids around school. So? You good? I guess. Don't let anyone talk down to you. And remember to shake Mr. Lander's
0: hand. Firm grip. Eye contact.
3: Sketchbook break. My dad's tips for being a man. Shaking hands. The handshake is one of the most important rituals on earth. Why? I don't know. Nobody does. But here's how to do it. Step number one, only use your right hand, even if you're a lefty. Your right hand is the good hand. Your left hand, the evil hand. Step number two, always look each other in the eye. Step number three, remember, the firmer your grip, the more people will respect you. And here are some other bad things to avoid at all cost. Cold hands, sweaty hands, dirty hands, hands too rough, hands too soft. And the most important rule of all, never ever give someone a dead fish. I have no idea what that means, but I bet it's bad.
0: I was lucky enough to sit down with the author and illustrator of New Kid, Jerry Craft. We talked about what it was like to have his graphic novel adapted, what drove him to tell this story. We even have a special visit from his son, Jay. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. I got to start off with, what is the feeling being in the recording studio today? You just, you just threw on the headset to be super authentic. Uh, what's it like? <laughs> That you're gonna be here hearing your graphic novel read out loud.
2: You know, it's it's still actually kind of surreal, a little bit. You know, when they said, "Oh yeah, we want to do this as an audio book," it's like, okay, and it started to sink in, and then I started listening. Uh, I listened to Nomona on the audio, and I was like, "Oh, that is so cool!" So then I started getting goosebumps. So um, I actually wanted to come in because I wanted to, you know, I'm still a big kid, which is why you know can relate to Jordan, who's 12. You know, and uh, to come in and see some of the actors uh, actually doing some of the voiceovers. So I came a little early just to catch that, but it's, it's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you almost think, like, oh, did they have the wrong book at first when you were thinking about it? <laughs> you
2: know, it? <laughs> the, once Andrew started, my
0: editor, yeah. Andrew started
2: um, putting it around, like the response has been great almost immediately. And I remember going on Instagram. And a woman from Belmont Books had posted something, and I didn't even know she had seen the book, but she mentioned it. I was like, "Well, it's not even out, what? And they had basically sent her like, you know, Xerox copies of the book, and she posted on the Instagram, and and it wasn't literally until I saw the photo of the book that I realized that she was really talking about this, and it's just been like, you know, up, not uphill because that's bad
0: <laughs> and downhill
2: doesn't sound good
0: either. Well, no, it's it's like on a on a cartoon like chart in like a businessman's right. office it's, it's of going those, up it's going yeah. up yeah. yeah it's been like that ever since that's great um, so what how did new kid come about what moved you to write it you know it, it's funny because it's one of
2: the more personal books that i've ever done but the the big thing is i you know i always i wasn't a reader growing up i read marvel comics i read spider-man silver surfer avengers you know marvel team up and that was it and so i really did not enjoy reading because the books for school seemed like work uh it really wasn't until like 11th grade i read great expectations by dickens and i was like wow, I read a 200-page book or a 300-page book because I'd be skipping pages and, you know, having one of my friends read half the book, I'd read the other half, we compare like anything to get out of it because it was just excruciating. But I think one of the things is I never saw anyone that reflected kids like me and my friends. And so I wanted to do something that could show specifically African-American boys, but having fun and laughing and joking you know because it, it's so funny because at any given time you look at the comedians and there's kevin hart and chris rock mm-hmm. and key peel and humor a lot of humor and funny stuff but a lot of the books towards our kids are always so like oh my goodness this is so, my life is so miserable there's no humor so I wanted to take humor and put that in the book with kids that look like me and my sons.
0: So that that was the main reason. So so who do you hope reads it then and like what what conversations do you want started by people reading this? Other than it being for people who who aren't represented.
2: You know what? So with this um I I did this and, and I hope it's not too much to say, I want everybody to read this. <laughs> no, that's good. That's but, a good goal. Yeah. yeah, I do want everyone to read it because for who I was as a kid, that would have brought me into reading faster uh, and, and having a book that I could connect with. I wrote it for my son to, you know, 30 years later, there still isn't a lot like this. And then there were things that I, I wanted to put for teachers, for teachers of color who sometimes get have been working for 14 years at a school and still get called in place of another teacher in color, like, of, of color. It's like, you know, that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mr. Smith. I'm Mr. Johnson. I've been here 14 years. For them to go, yes, thank you.
0: Like, we'll get it on the 15th. Right, we'll that's, get it, yeah, right, For your 15th yeah.
2: anniversary, we're going to remember gift, your Special gift, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to do that. And then teachers who are very well-intentioned, but sometimes need a little bit of like, you know what, I really did have a pre-existing like concept of who Jordan would be or Drew would be. And I think that's why a lot of times you, know, you see African-American boys specifically get more detentions, they get expelled more, they get this, because it's like, okay, just find a way to you know, talk to them, you know, and not always have that like, oh, I know he's going to be this or he's going to be this, you know, so mm-hmm. that was where, and then I wrote it for librarians, so that's why I put in like a lot of the uh, the movie references and stuff like that for older people, because I know, again, as a dad, the difference between taking my sons to see a certain cartoon, which is miserable, or seeing like Shrek which I laughed out more than they did. You know, mm-hmm. they'd be like, Dad, yes, Yeah, it's gonna be one for you and one for them right. at the
0: same time. Right. So yeah. I
2: wanted to do a one for the one for the kids and one for the adults where they could, you know, the dad could read it and give it to Oh my God, you gotta read this and give it to mom, oh my god, you gotta read this. <laughs> give it to the teacher, give it to the guidance counselor. And you're laughing, but
0: Learning kind mm-hmm. of too, you know, with little nuances. Yeah, I was I'm gonna mean this as a compliment, even though it doesn't sound like it at first. Is I'm leaving that that's Yeah, it. <laughs> Is that it felt like a textbook in a good way to me, specifically with um a lot of scenarios that I feel like people have found themselves in or witnessed where they may not know how to Mm de-escalate. And you get it from every angle in here where there's someone in power, someone not in a stance of power, people of different age and experiences and backgrounds all having the same kind of tiptoeing issues around stuff. So it's like a textbook, like a, a good reference in and that I, and way. And I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and I'm not offended. I'm not leaving. <laughs> it's
0: but, like a textbook that you keep at the end of the year and you don't give back. And you're right. like, I don't
2: know where it went. Yeah. You know what's cool is that some of the reviews, because, and I, I don't want to star drop, but. The, no, you know, please got, do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so far, um, Publi- Star Review and Publishers Weekly, School Library Journal, Kirkus and Booklist. Mm-hmm. And a really good one in Horn Book Review. So we're like betting a thousand so far. They're saying stuff like, one of the most important... I have to say it's even <laughs> in a different voice. Like, that movie announced, but, mm. one of the most important graphic novels of 2019.
0: You know, it was like one of those. I'm like, wow! <laughs> Since we got that soundbite now, I feel, feel like you guys should just drop that in to the beginning <laughs> of the audiobook. <laughs> uh, right, exactly.
2: <laughs> <Harper> Collins presents. <laughs> um, so, to say that, and then like, you know, every middle grade kid entering middle school should get this. And like, just really stuff that I did not see coming. So, but yeah, kind of using it as a textbook slash
0: entertainment book. Like that, that's like win-win. I I wish they had first-year experience for middle schoolers because I feel like this would be the perfect thing for that actually now, thinking about it. Uh, At least they didn't have that when I was in middle school. I I don't don't know. Well, that's why I wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So in New Kid, there is a fictional book... The Mean Streets of South Uptown. And I love that any time that a character gets handed this book, it like the conversation immediately ends. It right. goes nowhere. So what does New Kid do to engage its audience that something like The Mean Streets of South Uptown can't achieve? Right. It so, doesn't do. So yeah. the,
2: the mean, and this still makes me giggle. So The Mean Streets of South Uptown is a fictional book that is an exaggeration of so many of the books that I see that are aimed towards or about African-American teenage life, Mm -hmm. you know. Now, I'm going to start with a compliment. There are some people that do some really wonderful stuff. You know, Renee Watson does, like, wonderful stuff. E.B. Saboy, you know, people like that. Um, And, uh, you know, Jason Reynolds, Kwame Alexander... But I wanted to add to that narrative by having a humorous book. Something that again my kids could read and not stay up at night like, oh man, life is so bad. <laughs> you know? So in the mean streets of South Uptown, like I just put everything like that they would put on this. Like there's a, a really depressing photo on the cover. Which is actually my son's on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I took a pic- I took a picture of them and put that on the cover, uh with permission, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, I-, I think that there's so many things. I-, I think that specifically kids of color will be surprised by things like nobody dies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert for right. everyone Spoiler, who's spoiler picking alert it up. Nobody yeah. dies. Yeah. You
2: know? Spoiler alert number two, there's a dad <laughs> and the grandfather, mm-hmm. you know, there's no you know, there's no gang or anything because, you know, like when I grew up, all of the books, there's always like this kid that was like me and he grew up in an urban neighborhood like me and he wanted to go to college like me and right as he got that college acceptance letter, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> someone from like, you know, scene one would mm-hmm. come up and just shoot him. It's the problem of like Ricky in uh, Boys in the Bird right. kind that's of thing. Right, that's exactly yeah. it. And he falls in slow motion and then, and then the the leather falls down, you know. And then, you know, he's like doing his last gasp, and his mom comes over and opens it, like my baby got into Harvard. <laughs> now he's getting into heaven, <laughs> you know. And and it's like that's not a feel good movie. No,
0: no, not at all.
2: You know. So I wanted to do the antithesis of surviving the mean streets of South Uptown, just so that. You know, you could read it and I, and I think that once you read it and again, spoiler alert, nobody dies, yeah. that you'll be so relieved and like, I'm going to read it a second time <laughs> now that I'm not so tense
0: reading it. Mm-hmm. And that was all the kind of stuff that I wanted to put into it. Um, I'm happy that you mentioned kind of taking the photo from your, your sons. Uh, something I wanted to mention is that when I read it, even though it's a fictional book, it doesn't feel fictional. To me, the characters, the experiences feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much was taken from you and your family's real life and experiences? So the main thing is, it's, the
2: main plot is um, based on me. So I did grow up in Washington Heights. Mm-hmm. The house that Jordan lives in is, is the house that I grew up in. Um, I did want to be an artist. Uh, my parents did think that me being a professional artist meant that I would live in their basement until I was 60. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully, if this does well, I will actually move out before then. Yeah. And yeah. I'll prove them wrong. Best case scenario. Best you case out scenario. In 60. Yeah, yeah. So please buy copies. Um, <laughs> and then the commute from so I did go to um, a school in Harlem on Convent Avenue. That was like 25 black kids in the sixth grade, one white kid, one kid that we just never bothered to ask. I guess, you know, <laughs> that, that was, you know, that was yeah. the 70s. And then junior high, Sherman Avenue in Inwood, same kind of thing: 25 black kids, one white kid, one Latino kid. Then when I went to go to art school, and my parents said, "No, you're not going to art school. You're going to the school in Riverdale." So I did have to do that commute every day from Washington Heights, where it was all black. Latino, you know, Dominican, Puerto Mm Rican specifically, to the school in Riverdale where I had never been around white kids. I knew them from TV, Brady Bunch, and, (laughs) you know, parts of family. But to now there's 110 kids in the ninth grade alone of which 10 are black. But then it was also a different kind of black kid that I had ever met. So, Maury in the book, that's where I got him from, Um, I have a friend now. Uh, who's a black woman, but when we were in school together, we never talked, you know, and I was like, okay, so I was Coney Island, she was Fire Island, I was, you know, Toys R Us, she was F.A.O. Schwartz, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. When I graduated, so I saw it firsthand as as a student, and then I got uh, married and had two sons, and then did the same thing to them basically (laughs) so they ended up going to an independent school in new canaan connecticut which is equally as Mm -hmm. uh privileged maybe i think that's fair to say yeah as uh riverdale if not more um so i got to see it through their eyes as well but you know, now because again, when I was a kid, there was no internet, there was no FaceTiming and Facebook and tweeting and all that stuff. So I got to see it from their perspective as well. So when I did this, I really connected um, some of the stuff. It was interesting to see like what has changed and what has stayed the same. But then, unlike my parents, who basically shipped me off and were like, "Okay." You know, four years, good luck. You're the world's problem now. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I knew from my experience, so I felt like I was able to talk to them more and say, listen, when you're in class and they talk about slavery, everyone's gonna look at you. You're not gonna know why I'm telling you now, they're gonna do it, you know? Or when they talk about this, they're gonna assume this, or they're gonna do this. Um so that they'd come back and like, yep yep dad it happened (laughs) no absolutely you know so um i used a lot of that also and that's why i think that i was able to connect it so well and make a really well-rounded book because i did see it from a student and from a parent you know so i can talk to the different levels of readers Mm -hmm. so what what's your relationship with washington heights like now um, it's hard for me to go back and not drive down my old neighborhood. And, uh, it's really cool because there's a bookstore there now, which wasn't there. So mm-hmm. Word Up bookstore. I love Word Up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I went, I saw Elizabeth Lacevedo there a couple of weeks ago, who's also a Harper mm-hmm. person. So I drove down from Connecticut to support her. Uh, so Word Up is cool. You know, still got to stop by Dallas barbecue, <laughs> you know, which they didn't have when I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up a couple blocks from the Audubon Ballroom and, uh, you know, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. So I do still go back through the neighborhood. It's much different than when I was a kid because when I was a kid, I feel like we were like the little rascals. There were like 12 (laughs) of us or 15 of us. And we played stickball, touch football, and softball, and skateboards and all that. And now you just don't see kids on the street. I guess they're... You know, they got the PS4 or whatever, but there's just not that kind of playing. Um, There was a library that's still there that was, like, never open when I was a kid. (laughs) You know, I guess it was open 24 hours, but that meant, like, a month. Yeah, yeah. It'd be be open, like, four hours on the first, (laughs) another four hours on the 15th, and then, you know um so i didn't have that relationship of going into the library it is still there though and i think it is actually open like regular hours yeah like regular library hours (laughs) so maybe at some point i can go back and do something
0: there that that would Mm -hmm. be kind of cool I will say, because I live in Washington Heights, actually now that yeah. I I also don't see a lot of kids outside playing. But I'll let you know that at least in my hallway, they still like skateboard just in the hallway. In the hallway, yeah. Right. So it's still happening, just right. like under under a roof. Um, so how did you first get into illustration? I've always drawn. Like I was the kid that, like, when I do
2: school visits, I uh, I show a comic book that I made in the sixth grade. And I'm drawing my own characters with, like, Iron Man and Ghost Rider and, you know, Beast from X-Men. So ever since I was old enough to hold a crayon and not eat it or stick it in my ear <laughs> or something, I was just always drawing. So even when I had uh, my kids, you know, we go to one of those restaurants. Like, oh, do you guys want crayons to draw on the tablecloth? And they'd be like, oh, uh, no, thanks. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, those. <laughs> I'll take those crayons. So, uh, it's hard for me even
0: to, to sit. Like, if I had my sketchbook now, I'd be sketching. Yeah. It's you know, just like second nature at this second point. Nature. It's an extension of you. Absolutely. So, you're not just the illustrator for New Kid. You're also the writer, as we mentioned. So, I'm curious if you have a different process for both of those or if they're just integrated together. So, this was the largest
2: comic book yeah. story. So... Um, you know, I I did comic strips for a while, which we'll we'll talk about, and those were all pretty self-contained. Sometimes they would have a, a story behind it that would be multiple strips, mm-hmm. but with this, um, it was interesting. So I had to make sure that there was a story arc. So that part I did writing it out, getting the story arc and what was going to happen, almost like an outline. Yeah. But as soon as I do that, I go right into yes. thumbnails. So I start sketching and doing the thumbnails and like, then I put the little word balloons in and that's how I start doing it. So they're, they're really in unison where I'm writing it and sketching it simultaneously. And that, that works best for me. I'm just curious from my own, my own morbid curiosity, is like how long does it take to do like just a thumbnail? Oh, the thumbnails I knock out. I can do like 15, 20 pages of just sketching it out in hour or something oh like that
0: i'm just in awe of you because like if i try to draw like a tree it takes me like an hour and it doesn't look good gotcha. at the end of it yeah so you mentioned you've also done a lot of strips mm-hmm. uh specifically uh mama's boys right which has gone on for forever a years? yeah so did you have to change your process at all or was it a different kind of endurance you needed for doing something full length and cohesive so the good thing with Mama's Boys, and
2: that was a strip that King Features ran for like 20 years, mm-hmm. and as a mom raising her two teenage sons. So one of the good things with that is learning to have a joke at in each strip yeah. so that there'd be a payoff. So I used a lot of that humor in New Kid. And also kind of like, you know, having the, because one of the, the good things that the training from mama's boys is like if you had a character walking down the street and it's cold you don't have room to say wow i'm walking down the street and it sure is cold Mm -hmm. right so you just draw him and the wind is blowing and he's shivering and he's got that so you don't have to repeat everything so um that helped when i was doing new kid because i don't want anything Because again, a kid like me, I would look at a comic strip, some in the paper that had so many words, like, I am never reading that. (laughs) Even though it's only like, you know, how many words could it be? But you just see words, 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 and it just was gray as opposed to something else, which is like, okay, I'm going to read that. So I didn't want to weight down any specific panels with like a ton of words. And I also wanted there to be a lot of humor because with my subject matter, you know, of him being a black kid in predominantly white private school, it could have gone heavy, mm-hmm. you know, not South Uptown heavy. No, no, not that heavy. But I wanted to make it funny first so that it didn't seem like a textbook. You yeah, know, like a bad, like a <laughs> a bad, bad textbook. textbook. Right. <laughs> a bad textbook. So that the Mamas boys really trained me for the humor and very concise writing.
0: So I understand you drove in today. I did try. Everything. Yeah. Did you get lost at all?
2: No, you I, I'm...
0: You're I good with directions. Yeah, yeah, You're good with directions. I'm... Uh-oh. It sounds like a <laughs> setup. Yes. Yes. I'm good with directions. Great. Because we're going to play this game. Okay. Called the Good Directions game. Good Directions game. So I'm going to give you some situations mm-hmm. uh, where someone needs guidance. Someone okay. needs directions. Okay. And I need you to give them some good ones. Okay. We're going to help them not get lost. Are you ready? I'm ready. To play Good Directions. Good Directions, yep. So... Someone who wants to make content for kids.
2: Content for kids? Be around kids. Like, I love kids, so that helps. Sometimes I'll go to school and like, you know, we had an author here like last week. I don't think he liked kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He liked kids, just not... He liked the money. He liked the money. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he really really (laughs) likes kids. So, I have to say like, don't do it unless you like kids. (laughs) Um... Directions for someone who's nervous about starting middle school. Start middle school.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the first you know, starting anywhere yeah. is is tough. Be yourself and then find other people that will accept you as you. Don't think that you have to go in and be like, Well, I'm kind of an introvert, but I'm gonna be loud and I'm gonna be this and I'm gonna join every sports team even though I don't know what rugby is, but I'm gonna be outgoing. <laughs> Like, cause you won't be happy with yourself. So, be yourself. Find your own crew, and don't be jealous of the jocks or the this
0: group or that group.
2: Cause you know what,
0: you're fine with your own with your own group. Mm-hmm. Directions for someone deciding whether to send their kids to public school or private school.
2: That's a tough one because there are great public schools and not so great independent schools, and there are vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, um, it really depends on the area. You know, um, in my case, my mom sent me up to Riverdale because, uh, to the school in Riverdale, not Riverdale school, right? Um, Because I think my brother and sister had gone to the public schools in our area, which at the time were not that great. So, I was like, yeah, let's try something a little different this time. So, and then... In where I, where I live now, um, it was better to go 20 minutes a little further because the expectations um, were higher at the school where I sent my sons as opposed to the local ones. Mm-hmm. And, and the expectations just make a huge difference on how the kids, what
0: they feel that they should do and what they actually do rise to the occasion to do. Um, good directions for someone who just finished reading New Kid. They loved it. They need something else to read now. Read it again there's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much stuff that you didn't see stuff in
2: the background, you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot of humorous stuff because I like a lot of times when I would go uh to libraries, you know they would always say, "Yeah, you know we want something humorous with like boy characters. That would be great because mm-hmm. you know moms are always saying like, okay, my son has read all the wimpy kids, all 42 of them, Mm -hmm. you know, what, I don't know what to give him after this. Um, Graphic novel-wise, like, I I love American-born Chinese. That's one of my favorites. And then, not humorous, but, like, I I love Renee Watson stuff. Um, I still read picture books, too. Eric Velasquez does some awesome picture books. So, he's one of my favorites, too. And, you know, again, Kwame and Jason and Nick Stone and, you know, but as
0: far as humor, I have to actually research that a little bit more. We'll come back. We'll have you back on the show just to yes, tell me just what. To tell yeah. you, right, just my list. <laughs> um, directions for someone who
2: wants to start illustrating: start illustrating. Just do it all the time, like as much as you can. If it's not a passion, if it's like work, don't do it. Because I, um, even now, like last night, I recently I just bought a a mobile Wacom Studio so that I can drawer like when I'm in the airport or at the hotel so I can actually work more hours
0: <laughs> you know
2: you got rid of any excuse you had right, to right. not meet your deadline right, it's gone exactly. now so no more ps4 for a while um, but if it is not a passion it's going to be tougher to do you know so like i said i I don't want to say would do it for free because I don't want my editor to hear this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, geez, you know. (laughs) Well, in that case. Right, right, in that case. Um, But yeah, make sure that you're passionate about it because I think I'm a better artist now even than I was a year ago because like during New Kid, I literally drew from like 9 a.m. to like 2 a.m. almost seven days a week from January 2017 to February 2018. (laughs) So, it's literally like 13 months of however many hours that was
0: 15-16 hours a day to get it done but I love doing it Um, directions for someone who wants to self-publish
2: so the self-publishing helped me a lot so you know a hundred years ago when I wanted to do a Mama's Boys book I sent out to different publishers and I got rejection 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 and then one day I got a letter in the mail and I opened it and it was rejection. Like, that's all I got. So I just felt like with what I wanted to do, which was humor and, again, nothing, you know, heart-wrenching, that there was no um, was a market for it at that time. So I started my own publishing company. And over the last 20 years, did like 30 books, some that I wrote myself, some that I um, illustrated for other writers, So it's a really good way to kind of learn the market. And I think one of the good things with self-publishing for so long is now having the Harper team behind me. Like, I'm not even expecting. Also, I'm like, wait a minute. There are people that sell the book for me? (laughs) (laughs) You have a public relation person? <laughs> like, what is that? So, I mean, you see, I got my... I was going to say you're still from self-promoting. Oh, yeah, you got I got the my, new kid, my new kid hat. I got my new <laughs> kid backpack, you know. I'm getting my son's tattooed new kid on the yeah. side, you know.
0: Does he know about that yet? Or No. Is he, no, no yeah, no, okay, okay. Shh, yeah, don't, we won't let him yeah. know. Yeah.
2: Um, so, I'm used to the self-promotion. I'm used to travel. I'm used to school visits. So, I think when they saw that, too, that was a selling point. They were like, wow, he'll wear a
0: hat with new kid on. That's cool, you know. Um, I got one more person who needs directions. This is maybe the most important directions that Mm -hmm. they need is uh, someone who wants to get a good meal in Washington Heights. Again, I'm so
2: partial to Dallas Barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not in Washington Heights, but in Harlem, Mm -hmm. which I love. Like, Melba's is one of my favorites. They have some really cool stuff. In fact, if my son wants to go, we'll go to Melba's. So they have like, I wasn't like... Uh, collard greens samosas they're like these you know mm-hmm. the samo- yeah yeah but like colli- they're amazing so i'm like starting to
0: just think about that <laughs> so i might do that well great that was the good directions game uh, Thank uh, for well, taking good. part. you i'm that. glad i
2: was able to give good directions
0: <laughs> so we just got a special guest who came in do uh jerry do you maybe actually want to do the the intro on who our guest is here with us He's one of my most important
2: sons in the Kraft household. <laughs> Live from, well, we're still in Manhattan.
0: Yeah. Jay Kraft. Welcome, Jay. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, Jay. Um, so I wanted to bring you in to ask specifically about your experience kind of looking at New Kid, and I imagine you see a lot of your family in there and what it's like to to see that like in writing and print. It's amazing. The amount of details that he
4: managed to capture about daily life and, you know, obviously I can relate to the private school thing, but, um, you know, seeing Jordan's dad and seeing some of the qualities of my own dad and just being around and interacting with us, always coming to all of our events and things like that. And then my mom, especially with the pictures, is, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is very, very similar on that end. So it's, it's
0: amazing. I was going to ask if there's anything in there that you read that you are like, oh, I didn't need the world to know that about me in there.
4: <laughs> I don't know about that. I I, um,
2: I always ask.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. He's <laughs> very good with making sure I'm comfortable with everything that gets um, included in any of his projects. So I'm very happy with the finished product. No complaints in terms of revealing things or anything
2: like that. So I'm happy. Yeah. I, I, would, I always I'm like, okay, this is kind of you. Are you okay with the head? <laughs> it's like, yeah. He's like, how much, what
0: percentage? Right, yeah. exactly.
2: I want royalties to add.
0: <laughs> I also understand that you guys have worked on projects together as mm-hmm. well. Um, what's the difference between your dad, the dad, and your dad, the, like, the co-worker, the co-artist? Well... <laughs> <laughs>
4: It seems like we're working together pretty much every day. So for me, the lines are kind of blurred. Whether it's talking about new kid or working on our last project, we'll go somewhere and we'll be eating or we'll be sitting down right before a movie. And he'll say, oh, you know, that's a really good idea for this. And we'll just go back and forth. And especially now with me being away at school, uh, coming back home whenever I'm here, it's important to get that, uh, that feedback going so we can work together. Because there are things that, you know, I've experienced that he might not have had the same experience or might not know about. Obviously, I'm more into some of the uh, more current uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And whenever I can help out with that, it's, uh, I, never mind.
2: <laughs> I, I have, He is my toughest critic. If he likes <laughs> something... I feel... You know it's good. You know I, yeah. it's staying in. Because if, when, yeah. when we worked on a book together, the reason why we ended up working on this book is I would read it when they would come home from school. I'd say, hey, you know, I wrote the next chapter. And one day he was like, dad, can you read that back? And I read it back. He goes, no, no kid would say that. I'm like, well, how do you know what a kid would say? You're just a kid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I enlisted him and his brother, and they, they helped us, and we wrote that uh, book, The Offenders, Saving the World While Serving Detention, and that was pretty cool. Get that one when you're done reading New Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we may turn that into a graphic novel. So, Oh, yeah. there you go. So uh, TBA.
0: Yes, that, TBA, yep. Um, so you've got your whole life ahead of you now. Do you see yourself following in your father's footsteps? Or, or, or is the world wide open? You don't have to have a heart commitment now don't let me put that pressure on you
4: yeah i probably should have started quite a while ago if i were going to (laughs) to follow in his footsteps i'd love to help him with projects um and give as much advice as i can but (laughs) i don't think the uh illustration part
2: is is quite in me although he is pretty good he just doesn't do it his art teacher called me one day and was like look at what your son did i was like whose son are we talking about (laughs) it's like wow yeah, he's a technician. Very technical, he gets... yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm.
4: but I never put any pressure. Yeah, the writing part I can, I can do, the illustrations,
2: I personally don't feel like I'm quite on that, that level yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when we wrote The Offenders, we got invited up to uh, do a book signing at Unlike, An Unlikely Story, which is Jeff Kennedy. So we were actually some of the first authors to ever sign up there. And they grew up loving... Wimpy Kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, we talked recently. It's so, like, yeah, that was kind of one of my highlights of meeting Jeff Kenny. Yeah. And it's it's really funny because on the I know you have an arc, but on the actual mm-hmm. book, there's a cover blur from Jeff Kenny. Oh, that's great. That I says, didn't know that. It's like yeah. funny, real, and totally something. Jordan Banks is the kid everyone will be talking about. Jeff Kenny, Diary of Wimpy Kid. So it, we've come full circle. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll put that
0: on your grave. That will be like the.
2: Yeah, I forget.
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> but don't don't rush me with that. No, yes. no, okay. no. Yeah, you don't have to think about that for a right. while. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, but it, it's cool. It's been great. And like I said, uh, he and my son Aaron, with what they have contributed to new Kid, just about you know, hey, maybe this, and and I did some stuff in in this book, and they were like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, with like with Drew specifically, I was going to have something, and they were like don't do that, dad. Please don't do that. And I literally rewrote it because it became like kind of a sad thing and I saw sort the of look on their faces. I'm like, okay, I don't want that in here. So I rewrote it and changed it up and it's a lot more uplifting.
0: They stop now. you from going over the tipping point right. of like into into uh, mean streets of South Uptown. Right, yeah.
2: Ab- absolutely. So no, I, I owe them a lot.
0: Great work on that then actually because I the the most tense I found myself uh, when I was reading the book, was a moment with Drew where I felt like, oh no, this is where like things are going to get really heavy here. Yeah. And then it kind of pulls back right at the last second. So, I played with yeah. him
2: getting suspended.
0: Yeah. And they were like, you know, we're
2: going to food strike at home, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I changed it and it's actually so much better now because it actually empowered Jordan to speak up for his friend. And he got that whole heroic thing of like this. And that was all because of these guys saying, listen, if you do that, then we're, you know,
0: we're getting a new dad. <laughs> That's <laughs> the sequel to New Kid. New right, Dad. New, new yeah. day. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you so much, Jerry and Jay, for, for coming in today. This has been wonderful. I hope you guys had a good time. I did. Yeah, thank you. We're going up to Melvis now. Get some eat. Absolutely. I'm yeah. going to come with you guys. Nice, the day, by the way. Thanks again to Jerry and Jay for being wonderful guests New Kid, which also features the voices of Jesus Del Orden, Niall Bullock, Robin Miles, Guy Lockard, Peyton Lusk, Rebecca Soler, Dan Bittner, Phoebe Stroll, Mark Thompson, Miles Harvey, and Ron Butler, in addition to Jerry's, is on sale now wherever you get your audiobooks. Now it's time for something we like to call the self-awareness game. Bonnie Turpin is a big time narrator. She's an Audible Hall of Famer, and she narrates on the come up the new novel from the Hate You Give author Angie Thomas. Bonnie has lent her voice to over 70 audiobooks. It's probably even much more than that. And today we're going to test her memory on all of those. We will play short clips from different audiobooks that Bonnie's narrated, and she will attempt to correctly identify the title. And since Bonnie's voice is so heavenly, Each one of these clips will include the word heaven. All right, Bonnie. Here comes clip number one.
1: Third floor, hospice. For those literally knocking on heaven's door, waiting for someone to answer. Allegedly.
0: That's correct. Hot out of the gate. On to clip number two.
1: Catherine and I both stink to high heaven, and I can't expect that a man of God will want to tolerate our stench any more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, uh, it was recent, and I can't... Oh, God. It takes a place out west, and... uh.
0: Do you want to move on to the next clip?
1: Sure, just to stall for time. I know what it is, I just can't think of the title right now.
0: What's it about? Talk through it.
1: It's the one about the zombie-killing black women. (laughs) Um, God, I can't. Let's do the next one. Come back to this one.
0: (laughs) All right, on to clip number three.
1: It's in a brand-new mini-mall that should be called Hipster Heaven. Full of stores you'd never find in Garden Heights. The hate you give.
0: That's correct.
1: Yeah, he's at Garden Heights.
0: That leaves us with clip number four.
1: Andrade is doing his damn best to get that snuff channel terminated by the end of the year. No way in hell he can share a beer with Graham in heaven without getting this job done. Um, try a, a beer with Graham in heaven. I have no idea what that one is. I really don't. All right, go back to that one I couldn't find.
0: Let's hear number two again.
1: Catherine and I both stink to high heaven, and I can't expect that a man of God will want to tolerate our stench any more than we do. <clears throat> Dread Nation.
0: That's correct. So, number four is the last one to figure out. Let's hear it one more time.
1: Andrade is doing his damn best to get that snuff channel terminated by the end of the year. No way in hell he can share a beer with Graham in heaven without getting this job done. Got any guesses? They both die at the end? No. (laughs) You got it. Oh, really? (laughs) I, c- I couldn't remember. I was like, it could be, but I don't know that they talked about the afterlife.
0: But They certainly anyway. did. Uh, it took a few listens, but Bonnie, you got a perfect score on the self-awareness game.
1: All right, cool. Did that. Did that.
0: Thanks for playing, Bonnie. One title we didn't play was Bonnie's latest performance, so we're going to end our show today with the first few minutes of On the Come Up by Angie Thomas, performed by Bonnie Turpin. Insightful, unflinching, and full of heart, On the Come Up is an ode to hip hop from one of the most influential literary voices of a generation. It is the story of fighting for your dreams, even as the odds are stacked against you. And about how, especially for young black people, freedom of speech isn't always free. Please enjoy On the Come Up.
1: I might have to kill somebody tonight. It could be somebody I know, it could be a stranger. It could be somebody who's never battled before. It could be somebody who's a pro at it. It doesn't matter how many punch lines they spit or how nice their flow is, I'll have to kill them. First, I gotta get the call. To get the call, I gotta get the hell out of Mrs. Murray's class. Some multiple choice questions take up most of my laptop. But the clock though, the clock is everything. According to it, there are ten minutes until 4.30. And according to Aunt Pooh, who knows somebody who knows somebody, DJ Hype calls between 4.30 and 5.30. I swear, if I miss him, I won't do shit cuz Mrs. Murray has my phone, and Mrs. Murray's not one to play with. I only see the top of her sister locks. The rest of her is hidden behind her Nicki Giovanni book. Occasionally, she goes, mm, at some line, the same way my grandma does during a sermon. Poetry's Mrs. Murray's religion. Everyone else cleared out of Midtown School of the Arts almost an hour ago, except for us juniors whose parents or guardians signed us up for ACT prep. It's not guaranteed to get you a 36, but Jay said I better get close, since she paid these folks a light bill for this class. Every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, I drag myself into this classroom and hand my phone over to Mrs. Murray. Usually I'm cool with an entire hour of not knowing what the president tweeted, or getting texts from Sonny and Malik, sometimes about shit the president tweeted. But today, I want to go up to that desk, snatch my phone from the pile, and run out of here. Psst, Brianna, someone whispers. Malik's behind me, and behind him, Sonny mouths, anything yet? I tilt my head with a, how am I supposed to know? I don't have my phone, eyebrow raise. Yeah, that's a lot to expect him to get. But me, Sonny, and Malik have been tight since womb days. Our moms are best friends, and the three of them were pregnant with us at the same time. They call us the unholy trinity. Because they claim we kicked in their bellies whenever they were together. So nonverbal communication, not new. Sonny shrugs with an I don't know, I'm just checking. Mixed in with, damn, you ain't gotta catch an attitude. I narrow my eyes at his little light skinned hobbit looking behind. He's got the curly hair and the big ears. I don't have an attitude, you asked a dumb question. I turn around. Mrs. Murray eyes us over the top of her book with a little nonverbal communication of her own. I know y'all not talking in my class. Technically, we're not talking. But what I look like telling her that, verbally or nonverbally. 427, three minutes and that phone will be in my hand. 428, two minutes. 429, one. Mrs. Murray closes her book. Time's up. Submit your practice test as is. Shit. The test. For me, as is means not a single question is answered. Thankfully, it's multiple choice. Since there are four choices per question, there's a 25% chance that I'll randomly choose the right one. I click answers while everyone else collects their phones. Everyone except Malik. He towers over me as he slips his jean jacket over his hoodie. In the past two years, he went from being shorter than me to so tall he has to bend to hug me. His high top fade makes him even taller. Damn, Bree, Malik says. Did you do any of the, shh. I submit my answers and sling my backpack over my shoulder. I did the test. Long as you're prepared to take an L, Breezy. An L on a practice test isn't really an L. I throw my snap back on, pulling the front down enough so it can cover my edges. They're a little jacked at the moment, and will stay jacked until Jay braids my hair. Sonny beat me getting to Mrs. Murray's desk. He goes for my phone like the true ride or die he is, but Mrs. Murray grabs it first. That's okay, Jackson. She uses his real name, which happens to be my last name. His mama named him in honor of my grandparents, her godparents. I need to talk to Brianna for a second.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, why not search Harper Audio Presents in whatever podcast app you're using and hit the subscribe button. Better yet, write a review while you're there. It would help us out a lot. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back soon with more forays into the wide world of audiobooks.